Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Recorded live. All right, I hope that worked this time. Probably not, but here we go. This is the Sim League Playoffs podcast where we talk about Sim League and the playoffs and all the other things that happen during the season. On the call right now, we have Sugar Sean, the Cleveland Cavaliers GM. How are you doing, Sean? Good. How are you doing, Eric? Good, thanks. And we also have Faison, which we have just learned rhymes with Raisin, the GM of the Philadelphia 76ers. How are you doing, Faison? Good. I never thought this day would come where I get to talk to you. <laughs> well, I will uh, meet that with awkward silence. And let's move on. Okay. <laughs> Our finals matchup is set. It's Lakers-Celtics. It's the 80s all over again. Everything old is new again. I am... I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but I am surprised because they were both the number one seed, but I did not think this is what was going to happen. Let's start with Sean. Sean, are you surprised by this matchup? Are you impressed by this matchup? What do you think? Um, Yeah, I mean, they both have really good teams, and like you said, they're the one seeds. I mean, so, you know, it's not shocking that they would get there, but I just, I didn't personally expect to see both the one seeds. I had had the Trailblazers getting there. Uh, I actually thought that the Trailblazers might win it all, Um, so I was a little surprised to see that, but uh, that uh, did go seven. I know that uh, Magic and, and the Trailblazers were down in that series, but they ended up making a nice comeback there. So that was uh, good to see on his part, but fell short. So he did. I'm glad. He seemed a little despondent in the chat, so hopefully going seven and then losing wasn't as hard on him. Faison, your thoughts? Uh, I'm not surprised. I'd pick Celtics Blazers, but uh, like I said in shout about five minutes ago, uh, these two teams have the best perimeter trios in the league, and that's what wins in the playoffs. So hopefully it's competitive, but I think the Celtics will probably win in five or six. That's a good point. I hadn't looked at that, and especially because they have Thompson back now, who is quite good in his role. I mean, he's pretty much a better version of Kobe. Uh, Sean, really quick, your thoughts on the finals result. What do you think is going to happen? Uh, I agree. I think that the Celtics are going to win. I'll say Celtics in six. Celtics in six. I'm just going to tell them that we're all picking him and see what happens. Okay. Now I want to look back on the regular season as we wait for the playoffs to progress. And the first thing I like to talk about is the realignment that it so happens that Faison was a big proponent of. I was against it because I feel like I understand the idea of moving people around, shaking things up, and I think that's good. But I think the imbalance between all the divisions makes it, I don't want to say sketchy. Sketchy is too harsh, but makes it 
advantageous for people to move into the weaker divisions, and we all know which ones they are. So, Faison, you were a big proponent of this, and what are your thoughts on that? And do you think, I believe you said you weren't going to do it. What made you change your mind? Uh, I never expect, when I was, when I did the Amigos block, I was just joking around. And then uh, 20 said it was fine to move divisions. Uh, I would have moved if we had about like eight to 10 people, eight to 10 teams move, because it would have been interesting and changed things up. I don't want to be the only team to move. That's dumb. And like you said, it's kind of, it's doing it all to move to a weaker division. And I don't want to win like that if I were to win. And if I lose, it would look really bad. Uh, but yeah, I don't think the league, in terms of um, uh, competitiveness, competitiveness can get any worse. So I wanted to change. I was hoping we'd change things up. That makes sense. And I hear what you're saying about not wanting to be the only one that would be a little iffy. I was surprised that Victor was so psyched to move, although maybe he was just joking around too. I don't know. And he's not here, so we can't ask him. Uh, Sean, let's get your thoughts on that really quick because the first round of the finals have been posted. So your thoughts on realignment, do you think it would be a good idea? Would you have done it? Um, I personally wasn't interested in doing it just because I would want to be the Cavs and I wouldn't really want to move the Cavs. But, uh, I mean, if I was any other team other than the Cavs, then I would probably have uh, volunteered to join in as well. Um, But, no, I was all for it uh, for the league uh, and seeing, you know, even if it was going to be like three or, you know, like four teams or three teams, something like that, I thought that would have been just fine and I was all for it. I want to touch briefly back on that, but first let's talk about the finals. I don't know if you guys have seen, but the Celtics are just working the Lakers over. It's embarrassing. And we did just see the Lakers go hard on the trailblazers and then turn around and go seven, but as we all expected, the Celtics are just a class apart from the Lakers, which, again, I mean, we all expected it. Looking through the box scores themselves, I don't see anything shocking, anything that stands out, really. I mean, the Lakers have a ton of fouls, but the Celtics have a ton of scores. Larry Bird went 17 for 17 from the free throw line in game one. That's kind of funny. Does anything you guys see stand out? Let's start with Sean. What do you see? Uh, I mean, just the Celtics just looking really, really good. I, I'm also in game one, you mentioned Larry Bird and his shooting, but I mean, you know, the team itself shot over 50%, shot almost 70% from three, over 90% from the free throw line. I mean, that's it, it's hard to compete with that. Game two, again, shot over 50% from the field, over 50% from three-point um, went down in game three, but then that's the one where we saw it being much closer uh, than the first two. But those first two, uh, you know, he's got a lot of great scores, and when they're shooting that well, then there's nobody that's going to be able to beat him. It's that parquet floor. It's magical. Over to you, Faison. What do you think about the final so far? Uh, my thoughts are let's go to 5.0. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I don't know. I, I didn't look at the box scores. It looks like the Celtics are killing them uh like you said it's not really a surprise i don't know they're they have probably two top five players and francis is still really good so it was a tough uh task for tyler to win it makes you think back to that re-signing that dump had to get franchise back on that i mean it wasn't a super cheap deal. it wasn't like a jesse epstein deal but it was still very cheap 
and that really put it all together for him. So way to go, Jumps. Like I said last time, and I'm assuming you're going to win again. Yes, you got lucky, but you're also good. So lucky and good is a good combination. I do want to go back to, Sean, the way you were talking about the Cavaliers, and you yourself are from Ohio. It is something that I am not a fan of any basketball team in real life, or really any team at all. And it's something that I never really think of, this kind of regional loyalty, the idea that you wouldn't even move the Cavs, the pretend Cavs, the Cavs that aren't even real, but that they are your team from your place, your state, your city too, I guess. And it's something that I find interesting and commendable. What do you think would have to happen either in real life or in Sim League to make you even consider moving the Sim Cavs either to another division or even within the same division to another city and team? Well, I, I actually live in Columbus, so just but the Cavs are the only basketball team in the state, so that's something that grew up a Cavs fan. Um, I, if Maybe if we were allowed to do uh, other leagues teams, uh, as far as I know, it was just uh, ABA and NBA teams, but uh, I guess if I could do other leagues and maybe be the Columbus Horizon, then I, I, that might get me to consider it. Those, that's the uh, what do you call, MLS team? No, no, no. That was that was a basketball team. I believe that they were in the CBA, possibly, or I'd have to look that up. It, it was another. It was a semi-pro, uh, or it was a professional basketball team that was in Columbus. Yeah, it was in the CBA. Fair enough. Um, the Columbus Crew. That's a soccer team. That's what it is. Yeah. The Celtics. One, but uh, since we're on the topic of soccer, Eric, can you tell us, uh, explain your love for Megan Rapino? Okay, so <laughs> this is a true story. Uh, I was creating a card for a friend of mine. Uh, none of you know who she is. She was on the, actually the other forum that Mark Cuban and I were on. She was one of these text game players. And she was an artist, a very respectful artist. And I was coloring in these rainbow lines, diagonal lines, all the way down the page very carefully and very focused. And in the other room, and I have no idea how this happened because uh, my father is not into soccer at all, and certainly not women's soccer, but he was watching the 2012 Women's Olympic game between Team USA and Team Canada. And this was the one that went to double extra time, and it was super dramatic. And I started watching at, I think, the 100th minute, and Megan Rapinoe was just everywhere and doing everything. And she's not really known as a defender, but on this day, she was just everywhere. Canada couldn't get it out of their own third, let alone their own half, because no matter where the ball was, no matter who had it, she was there and taking it away from them. And, in fact, on the famous play where – Wombat kicks it out to uh, O'Hara, and she kicks it in to Morgan in the 129th minute or whatever for the winning goal. The reason Wombat gets the ball is because there's a jump ball, and Rapino runs toward a Canadian player, and the Canadian player just gives up and runs away. I don't know if she runs away, but she gives up. And I was so impressed by her performance and her desire that I started following her then, and I've been well rewarded ever since. So that's why I like Megan Rapino. But that doesn't explain why you think she's hot. Oh, uh, that's a lot harder to explain. I mean, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder and all that stuff. It's 
aesthetics is something I think about a lot, and I think she has a great body, obviously, and I like the way her face works. I realize it's not like a classical beauty kind of thing, I mean, for various reasons, but I like the way the whole package works together, and she has such a great positive energy, not only in terms of, you know, athletically, which I appreciate. I like the players with the motor, but in terms of being a gay American and being a part of all the changes we've had, obviously a small part, it's been a big countrywide process, but that kind of personality is also very appealing to me. I guess that's what I would say. I mean, I don't know if that's true or not, or if it's a good explanation, but that's the best I got. Whoa, Albert. Okay, so the finals are over. Dump wins again. I don't think he'll get Masters this time. Pete might lobby for it, but I think this was a pretty fair, resounding victory. The only team, in fact, to push the Celtics past Game 5 were my New York Knickerbockers. To be fair, a franchise was injured, and so was Thompson, but that's how it goes. So I am happy for Dump, and congratulations to Dump. I know Faison Yu said semi-jokingly we should move to 5.0. Do you see a Thunder-type run, GBG Thunder, Aaron Harrison Thunder-type run for the Celtics going forward? Uh, he could. The only thing that would really hold him back is uh, Steve Francis's age. But with the HGH um, reward, dump could. I think Francis is 33 right now. I'm checking right now. Um he could he could do that and add attention to him, and maybe he'll stay this good for another couple of years and get he could get another couple of titles. That would definitely bring us to five point zero. So I'm rooting for that. Sean, your thoughts on the potential for a Celtics dynasty? Uh, it's it's definitely there. I mean, I think that I, along with everyone else, will be rooting for Larry Bird to lead the Celtics in free agency next year. So there's one more season until he hits the market and hopefully he will hit the market and that he will leave and go to a different team. Anyone else? Hometown Knicks. You can have him. Great. Sounds good. I'd love him. And then I would probably trade him to Tyler for two first-round picks because that's what I did with my great win. <laughs> All right. Congratulations, Dump, again. Another thing I wanted to look back on, we've had some discussion in addition to realignment, about amnesty. And Pete did, I don't really want to say two great articles. It was kind of one great article that was split into two. But he did some great analysis on who teams would amnesty. And even throwing in an extra year, essentially, because he kind of the current year, there were very, very few teams that had a legitimate case for amnesty. So, Sean, what are your thoughts on the amnesty proposal do you think it's a good idea would you use it and so on i honestly i mean i i've built my roster to the point that at this point in time i would not have anyone worth amnesty i mean there have been times in the past where i would have been able to uh and you know obviously that's gonna it shouldn't but obviously it's going to shape my opinion on it some uh that i would probably be much more likely to to be for it if i were actually competing and had a roster where i would be able to possibly use it uh, but uh, I would say no, that I, I don't think it's something that would be necessary. And, and I think Pete's article really showed that the league has done a good job of uh, of really not having so many of those contracts that I think that probably 10 sim seasons ago that 
everybody would have definitely had at least one person uh, that should have, or at least most teams. Uh, but it seemed like most teams in the league did not have anybody that should have one. And even a number of them, he was saying, well, you know, this, this is a good player that they're going to be get rid of, getting rid of, but he, he's the best one I can find. Right. I strongly agree. Uh, I know for myself, I would be kind of personally annoyed because I made that trade that would look really terrible if we suddenly got an amnesty. And it doesn't look that great now to start with. Uh, Faison, your thoughts on amnesty? Uh, that was another suggestion by me in Chout, I think yesterday or two days ago. Uh, I just threw it out there just as something maybe that could help give the trade market some life. I don't have any players that I'd amnesty. And even though there weren't too many guys in Pete's article, I don't know. Just throwing anything out there, it's just kind of pretty brutal right now if you're trying to make trades. I hear you there. And what I want to be clear about is in discussing these ideas that we, or at least I, don't personally approve of, I don't want people to think that I don't want people to propose ideas. I think proposing ideas is good. It starts discussion. It gets everything going. I mean, Magic probably doesn't like people trying to start discussion, but that's a different topic entirely. So (laughs) an idea that returned suddenly and that was a shock to a lot of us, was that Tony was opening the idea of Summer League again. And I was a huge Summer League fan. I just liked the idea of being able to try guys out without having to sacrifice wins during the season, as I personally did this season with Chase Blazajowski, who turned out to be terrible. And I don't think it really cost me anything, but I mean, you never know. I mean, a win here or there, you just never know. And with Summer League if the commissioner is open to doing it and he has help from GMs who want to help him do it, I think it's just a great resource for the league. And I think it's another way to stimulate activity because it makes people more involved, makes people try more things. But that's just me. I don't remember either of your positions on Summer League from way back, you know, a month ago when we had it. Faison, what are your thoughts on Summer League? Would you use it? Uh, I hated Summer League uh, just because Odin would take uh, like a few days to run it and it would delay preseason. And preseason is one of the most enjoyable things I think that we have just because it gets people to react and overreact. But uh, if, as long as 20 is cool with running preseason like we normally do, and I'm all for Summer, summer League coming back. I, and I'd use it. Yeah. I would never. I was never that psyched about preseason. I mean, obviously, I use it and I keep detailed files about it because I think it's useful information. I never really felt the same way you did about the kind of timing of it, but I understand that you feel that way, and hopefully, this incarnation of it will be a little more smooth. Uh, Sean, your thoughts on summer league? I was all for it uh, when it was the choice of it going away. I voted to keep that over Summit, uh, cause I, I, and I even said, you know, I, I was hoping that we would keep both of them, but uh, I used Summer League a lot, and uh, I really liked it, and I would be all for it coming back. So we're all agreed, and hopefully it will come back. It will be better, or at least as good as it was before. Uh, I don't know if Odin wants to do it again, and if he doesn't, I'm perfectly happy to uh, step up and do it myself. I think it would be a lot of I, fun. I think you should do it. <laughs> okay, I appreciate that vote of confidence. <laughs> uh, the other thing, the other big topic from this year 
in my opinion, was the trading activity. And I am certainly not a big trade person. Uh, I think every time people have tabulated trades, the Knicks have been at or near the bottom. I still, though, it was very kind of jarring to go so long without a trade of any kind. I mean, not even, not, there have been lots of times where we've had just, you know, no real blockbusters for a long time or no real contentious trades. But I'm looking at it now, we went nine days without a trade, which, I mean, it pretty much has to be a record. And it's not like it was a holiday or anything. I mean, it's middle of September. So the amnesty proposal, partially was to stimulate the trade market. I don't know what else we could do. I mean, Sean, what do you think? So is this just a coincidence or what? I, I think that the big thing is that if you look at it, you know, if you look at the standings right now, there's 10 clear tanking teams. I mean, that's there's a lot of teams that are tanking right now. And, and part of that's going to be that some of these new guys that were trying to break down rosters and, you know, getting uh, FECTA, uh, Gene, Rolshman, uh, MJ coming back, uh, and then um, Drew also, uh, and then getting Yawn back, that hopefully we're going to start to see some of those teams start to compete. Uh, at this point, I'm going to be starting to compete here in the near future as well. I think that's going to be something that's going to help. Uh, also, same with uh, uh, with Brad, with Jeebs. He's going to be starting to compete as well. I, I would think that, especially if he wins this lotto, if he gets CP3, uh, to go along with what he's already got, then I would expect to see him possibly start trying to compete right away. So I think that's going to be something that you're going to start to see as some of these teams that are coming out of their tank, that there's been more teams going into the tank without other teams actually really coming out. Uh, so I think that's one of the biggest things as far as why we haven't seen any trade uh, activity. That makes a lot of sense. Personally, as I've said many times, I don't, like the idea of tanking. Uh, I understand that people do it. I understand the objective strengths of the strategy, uh, but I am happier when less people tank. So hopefully that will happen. As you say, teams are ready to go. I mean, like you say, the Thunder, I mean, they have Lillard, who was by far and away the rookie of the year. And if they get CP3 too, who looked, I mean, profile-wise, he looks great. Summit-wise, who cares? Because Summit is worthless. Uh, in your thoughts on the trade market, stimulating or does it even need it? Uh, yeah, no, it needs to be stimulated. Uh, I think part of – I think we have too many pretty good to good players right now, I think. Like every every playoff team pretty much had – and the East, I'll say, four, to four good starters, three guys that could make the all-star team, and then we're about like eight, seven or eight deep. So there wasn't too much incentive to give away picks to make a marginal upgrade where you get a guy who shoots maybe 20% better and averages a few more points. So what was the point of trading? That's what I, I think. As time, it's just inflation is going to happen when we're at nearly 40 seasons, I think. So that's where I think that we've gotten a stale as a league. I'm going to slightly disagree with you there. Not that that's what people believe because I'm not good at knowing what other people, uh, anything about other people, I guess. But if you look at, for instance, the Lakers and Trailblazers. So the Trailblazers finished a game behind the Lakers, and they got the three seed. But more importantly, when they met head-to-head, the Lakers had the home court advantage. And if the Trailblazers had made some move, and I have no idea, again, I'm not a trade person, no idea what move they could have made. But even to get, you know, two wins better, then maybe they get home, they definitely get home court. 
maybe that second game series goes the other way. So certainly I agree that people couldn't believe that the incremental increase is not worth pursuing. But I think if people looked more at the playoffs, and even that, I mean, that's a one-time example. And looking back at previous playoffs, this number one seed both making it, that pretty much never happens. Pretty much everyone has a chance in the playoffs. So I think that if I could encourage people, you know, make moves, see what's going to happen. You never know. I mean, the idea of saving picks when you don't know, I mean, the draft is easily as much of a crapshoot as the playoffs. I mean, I know we've seen a lot of guys go high. I don't want to name names, Steve Smith, that didn't turn out (laughs) good at all. I mean, it it happens. You never know what's going to happen in the draft or the playoffs. And I feel like trying to make a move that makes you better, that you can be reasonably confident makes you better. I mean, it's just more fun than just rolling the dice over and over and trying to see which draft pick actually turns out good. So those are my thoughts on the matter. I don't know. I agree that the trades are not really happening and we got to make them happen somehow. I think you're right about uh, picks. Unless you're planning on tanking, I don't see why you would uh, not trade your pick. Uh, Who cares if you have the 15th pick in the draft? That's, uh, like you said, a crapshoot if you're going to get even a useful player. So trade it for someone who's good right now and can help you win. Yeah, as someone who has been who who has been trying to offload players, I mean that's something that there, there's just no market out there. Yeah, that the good teams, even if they have a spot, I, I know I had reached out. I've made a couple of trades. Uh, the Ank has pretty much gotten my players the last couple of years. That I traded him Stone, I traded him Wang. Um, I've had uh, an, a couple other guys that I've tried to trade as well. I mean, you, we were talking about it in Shout today that when the win shares were posted, I was an 18-win team, and my small forward had seven win shares, and just not. I never, I've never had a single offer on him. That guy is pretty good. I remember looking at him in free agency uh, a while back and trying to make an offer, but I've been kept out for a long time, so it didn't work out. But yes, that guy is good. And I think, I don't remember who said this. Uh, it may have actually been Faison, but I think the what might need to happen is people with assets may need to be more aggressive with them. I remember when I was trying in vain to move Kobe and Obina, I was just blowing up everybody's inbox I could think of saying, hey, you need this big who's wildly overpaid and Obviously, it never got anywhere because they weren't really assets. But I think that might be the paradigm switch we need. Again, I don't know. I'm not a trade person. I'm not a know-what-people-are person. So those are the big topics I think are going on in Sim League. Let's throw it to Sean. What do you think is going on that you want to talk about? What do I think is going on in the league that I want to talk about? Yes. Anything that's on your mind. Um. I don't really have anything. I, I sorry. I, I I do think that we need to figure out something to get the trades going, just because that's just something that we're not seeing. Um, and like I said, I, I don't know exactly what it is to do that. I, I don't know that amnesty is going to make a, a big difference. You know that if we did it, I mean, I'm I'm not going to oppose it. Um, but I just honestly don't know that it's going to make that big of a difference as far as trying to kickstart the trade market. Um, Maybe it. I don't know. Maybe it's the wheel, but I know that's not coming into yeah, five point Yeah, let's let's do the wheel in five point oh. 
I love the idea of the wheel. I think it would be great because, as I said, I'm strongly opposed to tanking. I, I don't know why I think this, because my team's not good, but I don't want to go to 5.0 because I want to see what my team can do. And I, I recognize that they're not good. I mean, they're not terrible, but I really want to stick with them and see what happens. Uh, I, I, I don't... Go ahead. I, I was just saying that I don't necessarily think it's a good time to go to 5.0, just with the uh, situation that we do have a number of, of new GMs that are only a couple years in at this point or a couple seasons in, uh, that if it were me, I, I would, if I were in that position, I would feel at a, I would feel I was at a disadvantage going into that, uh, going into the opening draft, uh, feeling like I hadn't quite, uh, learned all that, uh, all that much or enough about the league yet and about how everything worked. Um, so I would think that if we're in a situation where we can hold on to, hold on to the group we've got now, although it sounds like that we could possibly lose banks. I hope not. I hope that he gets, uh, involved back in, and I hope that's not true that uh, the rumor of him, uh, exiting, but, uh, if, uh, we get, could keep this core group together and get a few more seasons in for guys to learn a little bit more, I think at that point, then it'd be fine at any point in time to go. I totally agree on getting the new GMs acclimated first. I would be shocked if Banks is part of this league in two years, two same years, I should say. I think he's been on the way out for a long time, and I don't take any pleasure in that. I like the guy, and I think he's a good GM when he's interested, and he's a strong presence in the league and good for the league, but I just don't think he is interested anymore. And, I mean, it's too bad, but, I mean, it happens, guys lose interest, and they move on. I also want to briefly bring up the point that Tony's is making his first draft this year. And in moving to 5.0, especially for something as momentous as a creation draft, which has such an outsized impact, in the same way that, as Sean says, new GMs should get time to learn the league, I would like to get some experience making draft classes. Maybe he's great at it. I don't really know. And he doesn't really know. We have no way of knowing yet until we see some of his draft classes come in and see what happens. Faison, your thoughts. Faison, your thoughts on using a 5.0 with these parameters? A uh, couple of things. Uh, I think Pete and 20s proposed about the creation draft in 5.0 is that we take the current talent pool players. So 20s won't have to make make anyone and also you can take there's files that you can pick that's what we did for the start of 4.0 where there was already all the players made to begin with and that's what we did and Odin tweaked some guys just to change things up so 20s could do that too just tweak guys so it's not every player is exactly identical um what Sean said about new guys getting more experience I think there's there's a point to that but I was new when we did the creation draft in 4.0. And I think that's how I would rather learn where everyone has a fresh start. They could end up getting uh, early pick like, or just end up falling into a great player and then they'll be off and running and competing and they can learn why they try to put together a good team. That's how I'd, I'd much rather try to learn like that than just, I think they're at a bigger disadvantage now where everyone knows what they're doing and they're clueless trying to figure things out and they have no idea how to get good players where if we do a creation draft, they could get gifted good players. That makes sense. sense. Yeah, that's a good point. I At the same time, though, I don't 
and obviously, I mean, it worked for 4.0, but I don't like the idea of using an outside source because for the same reason people had concerns whenever the draft creator changes, which is that there's a new perspective, I guess, going into it, and that kind of change, I think, makes more uncertainty. And while I don't think everybody should know everything, I think that kind of uncertainty is more frustrating than anything else, where there's a player who under one regime would be good and under another regime could be bad. I think that would be more frustrating to people, I think. But, I mean, whatever works for 20s, it's his league, he's the commissioner, he makes it all happen. So whatever choice he wants to make, if and when we go to 5.0, if it's under his watch, then I would support that and then criticize it later. <laughs> and I see we have Johnny's right. on the call now. How are you doing, Johnny? That was pretty good. I have resigned whenever. All right. Uh, Faison, do you have any other things you want to bring up about Sim Week? Uh, can we ask Twenty's thoughts on 5.0? Sure. Um, I, I don't know. I've, I've wrote about it before in Shout, but so I was against making the move at any time in a relative near future, um, mostly because I wanted to finish out the draft classes that we have because some of the, I don't know, the players that I think would be the most fun to have in the league haven't come in yet. They're in the future draft classes, so I would like to see their careers go on, but I do understand the um, the benefits, I guess, of moving to 5.0 if it would spice up the league a little bit, shake things up, uh, maybe breathe a little bit more life back into it. Um, and I am a big proponent of the wheel, and I would like to implement that whenever we do move to 5.0. Uh, although I know some GMs have said that they don't like it and that they wouldn't be part of the league with it, but they could either join or maybe we would have to find some other people. But um, I still think, I don't know, probably a while off, but I do think it's something we need to start legitimately talking about, especially with the fact that we're going to run out of uh, the actual randomized draft classes that we have left of the real-life draft classes. So I think that discussion needs to start happening. I would like to get the pulse of everybody in the league, what they, what their thoughts are on what kind of draft classes we want to do after that or if we want to want to move to 5.0 or what. So, yeah, I think that's a discussion we'll probably want to start having. Tony, do you have any response to that? That was me. Oh, I can't tell your voice from Facebook. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can talk to myself if you want. <laughs> no, that's not necessary. I guess I have another, we should get the response from the GM. Eric, I have another question for you. Um, how did you how did you start to love drag queens? Uh, tectonic. Good question. Uh, we were, I forget what season it was, but it was the season with Ivy Winters. I remember that. And it was actually looking back in time and it already happened. And it's just great. It's great performance. It's great uh, charisma musically. And RuPaul is great. Michelle Visage, eh, but RuPaul is great. And it's just a great time. And the other thing I like about it that I think a lot of reality shows get wrong is that there's less 
you can't really sabotage somebody else. I mean, you can say, oh, I'm out to get you and I'm going to get you, but there's really no way to do it in the mechanics of the show. So there's no feeding of that desire, and so naturally there's less of that desire. It's a lot more collaborative and supportive of each other, which I support and endorse. I think people should be more like that. So I like the aesthetic of the show. I like the vibe of the show. It's just a great show, and that's how I got into Drag Queens. Now, did that get you into shaving your legs? Sure. No. That was way, way before. That was in, geez, I don't even remember. But the funny thing is that I never use a razor on my face. I always use electric. So I had to ask a friend of mine how you use a razor. It was mysterious to me. And she laughed and uh, told me it was dumb and explained it to me. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. So, resignings whenever you're ready. All right. <coughs> All right. Matthew Jacobson, free agent. Russell Westbrook, free agent. Casper Ware is a free agent. Gilbert Arenas, six years, $94 million. Uh, Clay Thompson, one year, four million. Rodney White, free agent. Tony Bennett, free agent. Brent Price of the Bullets, free agent. Jesse Epstein, three years, seventeen million. <laughs> He's the best. Jason Richardson, six years, eighty-nine million. Anner Cousy, free agent. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, six years, $80 million. That's not bad. Kawhi Leonard, free agent. Michael Carter-Williams, free agent. Joe Johnson, five years, $51.6 million. Rowdy Evenson, free agent. Nick Van Exel, free agent. Richard Jefferson, two years, 5.5 mil. Bismack Biombo, free agent. Tristan Thompson, one year, 4.7 mil. Andor Clegane, five years, 136 million. Yikes. Jim Brown, free agent. Uh, Alretta Hughes, free agent. Max. Sheldon Ramsey, free agent. Hawkeye Whitney, one year, one million. Usual. Mike Woodson, two years, 28 million. Shane Battier, free agent. Sorry, Pete. All right, Pete. DJ McCollum, three years, 24 million. Uh, Guzman Cisse, two years, 12.6 million. Ryan Robertson, Tim Ocho, free agent. Uh, Zach Randolph, six years, $83 million. Victor Oladipo, free agent. Robert Covington, free agent. Jeff Hornacek, three years, $14.6 million. Uh, Ron Artest, free agent. 
Lamar Odom, free agent. Uh, Giannis, the Greek freak, four years, $31 million. Chris Turpening, one-year minimum. Ooh, nice. Uh, Zach Levine, three years, $15.8 million. Christian Leitner, four years, $28.5 million. Popeye Jones, six years, $94 million. Eddie Griffin, free agent. Pau Gasol, six years, $94 million. Good luck. Paul Young Thomas, PYT, hashtag play PYT, free agent. Stephen Hunter, two years, $5 million. Dante Exum, free agent. DeAndre Jordan, free agent. Uh, Joe Silvestri, five years, $132 million. Isidoro Myers, six years, $94 million. Nope. Mike Smurek, Smurek, free agent. Gets more valid. Tyson Chandler, free agent. Nigel Smith, two years, $5.6 million. Brendan Haywood, free agent. Matthew Lockhart, one year, $17 million. Charlie Tyra, one year minimum. Vin Baker, free agent. Kevin McHale, five years, $74 million. Uh, Jeff Withy, one year minimum. P.J. Brown, two years, $4.5 million. Uh, Gorgie Dang, one year minimum. Wallace Bryant, two years, $6.5 million. Marquise Eaton, two years, $5.9 million. Alvaro Teheran, free agent. Eddie Curry, four years, $24 million. Yuzi Wang, free agent. And Kwame Brown, five years, $55 million. Those are the noteworthy ones. Thanks, Tony's. Thank you. I really like that Marquise Eaton deal, too. He's a very solid defensive rebounding guy. He's available. All right. Good to know. Uh... So we had a lot of interesting deals, some surprising ones, some not so much. Sean, let's start with you. What stood out for you in re-signings? Um, obviously, the first thing was, uh, to me, was just the uh, keeping of Gilbert Arenas. Uh, that's big for the Portland Trail Blazers to be able to keep him after getting uh, Elgin back last year. I know last year he tested the market, but then ended up re-signing. So uh, that's really big for him. Uh, getting Zebo to re-sign uh, for uh, the 683 for uh, the Raptors was a big thing as well. Um, those were a couple that stood out. Uh, obviously, the Epstein re-sign again. My goodness, that guy just does not like money. Um, Brent Price hitting the market. Uh, Rodney White hitting the market. Um, Tank God point guard Chris Turpening who in like 15 minutes a game had one of the worst uh, win shares staying for the minimum was very exciting to me. Those are, those are a few that had jumped out. I saw that win share number for Chris too. And that was very impressive. I saw that we were the backup. That's, that's really hard to do. And I mean, it, it works 
because you can't start him on with those grades and with how bad he is. There's no really no way to ever have him start. But if you're getting minus four from him anyway, then, I mean, go for it. I'm pretty sure, looking at the number, that Gilbert's re-sign is for a max anyway. So he didn't save money, but he got him back for sure. I mean, and he's got to accept that. I would right, think. yeah, I think that's the biggest right. thing is just keeping him at really at no matter the cost. Right, for sure. Uh, I don't think he's the best player in the league, but he's very, very, very good. So, Jason, your thoughts? Uh, seemed like a lot of people were, ex- or some people were excited about having cap room and they could maybe change their team. And it looks like there's only a few players who can come in to do that. Uh, Battier, he probably deserves a max. White, um, someone may take a chance on him. I know you're not high on America. Uh, I I don't know. I probably would. Brent Price. Money. Five money. Yeah, Brent Price is pretty good. And then Sim Dump, if depending on what AO does with that re-sign, I could see him trying to get him back on a cheaper deal. But other than that, there's really – so I guess there's four players who could come in and maybe help your team win uh, 10 or more games than the previous year. All right, I don't I have think... those hirings whenever you guys are done with this. Okay, I just want to jump in really quick. I don't think no that Rodney White is bad or anything. I don't think he deserves a max. I don't think he's far away from deserving a max. The only thing I think is that his three-point percentage is not going to be that great. That's really the only thing I, I want to say about White. I agree on uh, Sim Dump. I don't think he can accept that. I mean, with where his team is and where the other guys around him are, I mean, it's such a huge deal. I mean, it's like a Clyde Drexler type deal to accept that on a team that's really on the fringe, even in the West. I think it would be questionable, but if he doesn't and Sim Dump goes out on the market, I mean, Sim Dump is still very good. So that would be interesting to me. Daddy A, definite max. That guy's great. He's so cerebral. Uh, Brent Price, <laughs> it would be so interesting to see him finally get a starting job uh, he's very, very, very good. But still, it'll be interesting to see. And those are my only thoughts. Okay, let's do retirings. And Garnett better not retire. I love that guy. All right, retirings. Uh, Jeff Hornacek has retired. Kenny Anderson has retired. Terrell Brandon has retired. Larry Johnson has retired. Stanley Roberts has retired. Scott Heath. Oh, and that was it. That was a short one. Five people. Okay. A lot of great yeah. point guards. I guess three great point guards. Is Banks going to go out with 12, Brandon? Uh, yes. Yes, he is. That's pretty clear, at least to me. Uh, LJ was an interesting player, especially for your Kings back in the day. Uh, I think that in retrospect, the software was kind of fair and never giving an all-NBA. You kind of turned out to be a little bit of a coattail rider. But he was still very good, and I hope he gets a profile, even just so that people can say no to it. I think he deserves to have a profile up there. And for a brief time, he was the highest-paid player in the NBA, so he's got that going for him. Uh, Tyson, any thoughts on the retirings or no? Uh, yeah, Larry Johnson deserves a profile. He might be borderline Hall of Fame. Kind of his career died uh, once he signed with the Cavs. Or that last year with the Kings, I think he got pretty bad. And then he was awful with the Cavs. I don't know what Sean did to him. I'm sorry, Cleveland ruined him. 
Not for the first time. Some I didn't smart man, man enough to handle Cleveland. He actually spent as many years on the Clippers as he did in the Cavaliers. I did not know that. I didn't no, know he I, was I, even I, on the Clippers. Yeah, he ended up getting moved, I think, for uh, the Hound that I was – that dirt was over the hard cap and he was needing to try to figure something out and I was in year two or three of I pretty much started trying to move LJ the second year I had him I realized I needed to get him off the roster um, and started trying to move him immediately and then we ended up just swapping I think just just straight up just one for one just LJ for uh, the hound and then I immediately moved the hound to uh, to Bruns when he lost Jimmy. Poor Burns. That was a sad end to a great career. Hey, Eric, did you end up updating the oat picks? Okay, yeah, I see that it was. Never mind. Yes. Yes, I did. I'm going to also be doing that going forward, just for everybody's information. And I anticipate being able to keep up with it even hopefully when trades pick up again. Uh, and hopefully that will go well. I don't know if anybody took on the skill camp reward camp being um, updated, that little thread. GBG has volunteered. I need to get him uh, moderator access on those boards to be able to do that. And I don't have the ability to do that, I realize. So I need to get Odin to... Uh, Hopefully, just give me that ability so I can make those changes in the future. But yeah, it's very GBG confusing and convoluted, but I wish you the best of luck on that. Yeah. I think um, GBG will be good at that. He's good with the draft, so this is a much easier job. This and Sean. Got a lot of help from Sean last year. Yeah. I am still off work, so I still plan to hound everybody again this year. Good to know. Okay, I've got uh, Lotto, and I just looked up the old picks, so I think I know which ones belong to other teams. Let's do it. Let's do the lot. All right. I'm going to go through the odds first. Um, they're posted, but I'll just go through them anyway. Uh, 13 is the Bulls, who own their own pick, so that's the new GM, Lick, who I don't think has he's yet to make an appearance and shout. So, as Ian Boyd would say, he's not going to last. Um, the Heat have pick number 12. They own their own pick, or have the odds number 12, I guess. They own their own pick. 11 is the Nuggets, which belongs to the Hawks and Gene Rauschelman. 10 is the Jazz. They own their own pick. 9 is the Grizzlies, which is the last pick that belongs to somebody else, and the Hornets own that one. So the Hornets have the ninth odds. The rest of these are owned by the original team. And so the eight is the Hawks, seven, the Sonics, six, the Hornets, five, the Pacers, four, Cavaliers, three, Magic, two, Clippers, and one, Thunder. All right. I just so like to... Yeah. Yeah. Hang on, I'm trying to... Hopefully the Cavs can go four to one like they went one to four last year. Good luck, Sean. Thank you. And I am going to be I'm, – I'm getting the odds into uh, Shout right now. So I'm almost there. And then if you can – when you are revealing them, if you can just go a little bit slower, since I, and then that way I'll try to reveal it live uh, as we go. But okay. I am ready when you are. 
All right. Running it. Okay. 13, the Bulls. 12, Heat. 11, Nuggets. Which belongs to the Hawks. 10, Jazz. 9 is the Grizzlies, which belongs to the Hornets. 8 is the Hawks. 7 is the Sonics. 6 is Hornets. 5 is the Cavaliers. Fuck. (laughs) Another player dies in Indiana. 4 is the Thunder. Ooh, oh, that's, that's karma oh. for playing Lillard. Aha, uh-huh, that's karma. Three is the Pacers. Two is the Clippers. So the number one pick is the Orlando Magic. Oh, my God. Great work. Rewarding activity. GM in the league. Unbelievable. That was just a perfectly executed tank by the Magic, and the software recognizes that and gives them the first pick. Wow. Wow. So, uh, I don't know. This will probably just make Sean more angry. But So, I had done two fake lottos because I, I had to run through everything earlier today <laughs> to get the odds. You jumped in that one, I believe, to three. And then in the fake lotto that was just done, like, probably 20 minutes ago after re-signings, um, you jumped to two. <laughs> so you jumped in both of the other ones. The Thunder were number four in all three. <laughs> wow. God's dice have memory. And I believe God hates Cleveland. Cleveland. I believe the Pacers jumped in all three, if I remember right. So, dropping in this draft though isn't that bad. Yeah. If you didn't get if you didn't get the first pick. Yeah, I really have no idea what's going to happen after. I'm assuming Paul will go first, but well, yeah, I, I really don't know. Jason, what are your thoughts on what the top three prospects, let's say, are? Uh, Chris Paul, Marvin Williams, and Andrew Bogut. Wow, interesting. Or not Bogut, Bynum, Bynum, I'm sorry, Andrew Bynum. Okay. I was going to say, I thought Bynum was a better prospect, too. Uh, I don't want you to feel pressured to divulge too much information, being the draft design person, but what do you see in Williams that makes you rate him so highly? Talking to me or 20s? I'm sorry, Faison. Oh, he just won, or Marvin Williams? Um, yeah. He's got great grades, for, especially for a 19-year-old, and he's going to get that Hornets bump from 20s. 20s, do you want to comment on the existence or non-existence of the Hornets bump? I mean, I don't know. I like Marvin Williams on the Hornets. Ooh. 20s picked him in that uh, fantasy draft we did in the summer. Really? I don't yeah. remember that at all. Yeah. 
They needed a I think he, person who could play the four and shoot. Well, he can do that, to be fair. Sean, your thoughts on the top three prospects? I, I would agree with those same ones. Uh, I think that it's – I think Chris Paul's going to go one. Uh, and although if somebody else is looking to get a point guard, I wouldn't be shocked to see Williams go high as well. Uh, I could see it being Chris Paul, Williams, and uh, and then either Marvin – uh, Marvin Williams or Andrew Bynum or Andrew Bogut. I think those guys will all go high. I was surprised when we did the summit that Bynum lasted all the way to eight for me to pick him. And he wasn't good in the summit, but, I mean, he's seven feet tall. He's got a great profile, all kinds of good things. He's young. Uh, sorry? I said Andy's young. Andy's young. I mean, it seems like a... Great pick. Hopefully he falls to you, Sean. That's who I want to have him. So everybody else, uh, him. he's actually really bad. Nobody draft him. In the in the summit, I had almost taken him with uh, one of my picks. It's just I wanted him. I the wings. I was not really impressed with the wings. So I wanted to make sure that I that I grabbed Danny Granger. And I always like to make. So it's that Danny Granger in real life. It seems like he should have had a better career, but. He got hurt, and then he didn't. So that's too bad for Danny. He could go Bynum, If Bynum fell to the cab, would he even take him? I mean, he probably would, maybe, I guess. But he's kind of his two best prospects are both big men, too. You don't seriously think Carl Malone's a prospect, do you? That guy's terrible. <laughs> hey, he won him 18 games this year. <laughs> You couldn't even outscore Isidoro Myers, for God's sake. Half a block a game. Ugh. It makes me sick just looking at him. Sorry, Sean. That's another point for 5.0. The big men in the blocks. How so? Fix that. Blocks is, I don't know. It's kind of, if they don't block at least three a game, you can't really start them. So players like Carl Malone and Blake Griffin, all those kind of guys are pretty much worthless. So it'd be nice to have some variety in what you could do with your lineup and who you play at the 4-5. That's a good point, and variety is a good thing. I just feel like with the way the software works, it's less about the type of players you make and more the value we now understand there to be. I mean... Carmelo's got B-plus defense, and I think back in the day, people would say, oh, B-plus defense, you know, that's good enough, and not realize that he is a huge minus on the defensive end with those block numbers. And if you build, I mean, obviously you can say, okay, nobody starts with more than 60 blocks or whatever, but then you're at the mercy of training camps, and that's, I think, not a great solution either. But I totally hear your point that we, the amount of blocks and bigs who are great at blocking or big on both ends, like a Patrick Ewing kind of player, it makes for less variety, and less variety is bad. Yeah, I, I don't. If we go ahead, if we if we took it down to like where very good shot blockers average three a game, and good or two, and then I guess your average would be one and a half. I think that could give us more realistic and more um, options for who to play. That would be ideal if we were to start over. 
the concern I have is just how to make that happen in the software without actually having the commissioner going in and manually adjust guys down. Like if you start a guy at, let's say, okay, this guy's going to block two, and then he has two great training camps and he's at four. I mean, do you knock him down, and does the commissioner have that power? Oh, no. And I mean, just if you were like where you'd start him out and hope that's where they would top out at. That makes sense. But PC is crazy bitch. That is quite true. All right. Those are all the thoughts I had for tonight. I think it's time to close it out. Magic has made their first pick. Well, that was fast. I I just want to see what the pick was and if it was something that terrible. Good job, MJ. Now, does MJ have to start Chris Paul with Bobby Hurley on his team? Uh, Let me look. Oh, let's not start that again. All right, last thought of the evening. We'll see what it looks like after training camp, but it's probably going to be yes. Let's throw it over to Sean. Sean, what are your closing thoughts, if any, for the evening? Um, That was a disappointing lotto. I was hoping I could uh, make a jump to get Chris Paul um, and get out of the tank, but uh, we'll see. It may happen anyways. Uh, Trophy, you, you got a text message coming. That's way to, way to get on it. I mean, a lot of people just kind of give up and then leave the league. And it's good to – I mean, you got to feel bad. Bad things happen. You feel bad, and then you move on, and you get right back on the horse. Good job, Sean. Final thoughts. Faison. Uh Everyone's available on my team, so you can text me or PM me, whatever. Let's uh, get some trades going. You might get a text, too. All right. Good to know. I really respect your ability to take a good team and make it a great team and then also take a good team and just make it a complete black hole crater and start it all over again. I mean, it's, seriously, though. I mean, it's I don't funny, know if that's possible anymore with the way the league is, though. I'm pretty sure with the division you play in, you could blow it up pretty well. I, well, I want, to try go, oh, I want to try and go 0-82 one more time, see if it's possible. Well, I wish you the best of luck because it means more wins for me. Twenties, do you have any closing thoughts for the evening? Uh, yes. First, uh, I'm excited for taking, tanking to become serious again with face-on returning because the recent tankers have been pretty weak. Um, it's like people don't take it seriously. Well, other than, I mean, GVG was trying hard and then he got a ton of shit from people. So, um, Let's see. Uh, oh, and then also I want to thank Mark Cuban for posting a free agency report with all the potential free agents about 15 minutes before the <laughs> actual free agents were revealed and making his report basically obsolete. So good job on that one. You're still going to get plus five. And that's about all I have. All right. Thanks so much, Twenties for all your work for the league, for doing the live reveals, for doing everything. Very much yes, thank you very much. Good luck on the people. That's fairly all honest. Right. See ya. Thanks, Sean and Faison, for joining me on this podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And I hope for another good season next year. Thanks very much. Bye. Eric, thanks for hosting again. Glad to do it. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.